right now, I will do anything because I, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. My guest today is chiming in all the way from L.A., California. She is a singer and a songwriter. She's an actress, has an extensive resume. She's appeared on MacGyver, 21 Jump Street, Due South, St. Elsewhere, and a TV movie called Madonna's Innocence Lost. She's also an author of a cookbook called Puck Mommies, which this guy is going to be experimenting with what I find in there, and also had a show called Puck Mommy's Recipes and Reflections. No, the Puck Mommy Show, I think that's right. Please welcome Yvonne Murphy. Nice to meet you, Todd. Hey, Finally. Yvonne. Yeah, nice to, to meet. meet you too. Thanks for taking some time coming on the show. About, You're welcome. About ready to head out onto the beach there in California. I'm a little envious of that, although yeah. it's nice here, but pretty close to the beach. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, quite an extensive resume you have. You've been uh, quite, quite busy. Um, you were born in L.A., were you? Yeah, um, outside of L.A. Um, I was born in Lancaster, California. I was actually born at Edwards on Edwards Air Force Base. Yeah, yeah, you're Where the space shuttle lands. Oh. Used to land. So the space shuttle is now um, is is now retired, and they took the space shuttle and... Um, they brought it through the streets and they had to cut down trees and take it out to Edwards Air Force Base. And then they brought it back to a museum. So when you're downtown Los Angeles, you can go and see the space shuttle. I was born where that space shuttle used to land. So it took off in Florida. So I'm an Air Force brat, as you can tell. And my father wrote a book on aviation. Um, and he did all that research in Hawaii. So it's a, it's kind of a long storied history. But I bring up my father because that's a huge part of how I became a Christian, how the Lord called me was through that tragedy of losing him. So um, we traveled all over the world and uh, born here at six weeks. I lived in England for uh, three years. So when I was born at Edwards, he got uh, transferred. So from England at three years old, we went, came back to where I was born in Los Angeles and lived there for like, I think, a year. And then we went to Korea for two years, um, Hawaii for two years. How come that's going? And then we uh, went to Ohio and, um, and then back to Los Angeles. Wow, that's a lot of moving around. I know it's a lot. It's... It's actually a lot of moving around. So, um, and did you grow up? Came, did you grow up in the in the Christian faith, or were you? Got, you so, were saying no, earlier. So, you were... um, that's what I want to tell you. That my father was Catholic, and uh, so we went to church, and my whole life uh, it was church until I was um, fifteen. So my father was in the choir and all that. And so when I was fifteen, I'm just starting high school. And uh, life is good. We finally moved back to L.A. from all those places we live, which was fun, but you miss where you're from. And then my father had just finished writing uh, this amazing book 
on aviation and he was taking my brother back to Camp Pendleton. So my brother was a Marine. Uh, he was in the United States Marine Corps down at Camp Pendleton, San Diego, one of their main stations. And my father and brother were together. My father was driving. My brother was 18. He was killed in the car accident. Hmm. And my brother was sent immediately to the hospital at the Marine. They airlifted my brother and uh, they gave him last rites in the Catholic church and my brother did survive but my father was killed. And so for a 15 year old girl and my little sister was seven and my older sister was 17 and almost losing my brother and my father within a split second, I didn't say goodbye to him. Um, That, that just riveted me, uh, decimated me. And uh, as a young girl, young, when I was a child of 15, so that was a that was a tragedy that changed my life in an instant from being super comfortable and cushy and my father and my mother we went to church and everything else and and just had a li- um, you know a lovely life so everything changed and uh, i started spiraling into I didn't want anyone in high school because I'm only 15. Didn't want anyone to know what had happened to me because I didn't want to be different. Hmm. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to fit in. I just wanted to be normal. And they would all kind of shy away from me. And the teachers would all say they're sorry. And they announce it on the, you know, that we want to pray for Yvonne Horvat and, you know, Connie, my sister. And we're all, I was like, Oh no. So I just, I acted like a, a party animal for the whole high school because I didn't want people to know. So I drank and uh, tried to just cover it up. I was in, you know, rock and roll bands. And so I tried to just act like I didn't care, you know, and that that was so not authentic. Yeah, uh, was not authentically me. But when you're a child, it happens. So that 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 changed the direction of my life completely until I came to know the Lord. Obviously, that was the big direction change that was for the rest of my life. Yeah. So so what happened? What how did you encounter the Lord? What happened that made it real? Because we were talking before about, you know, growing up in religion and, mm-hmm. and believing, mm-hmm. but it not being real. So what happened that made things real for you? Yeah. So I got married when I was just turning 20. So I got, uh, I met my husband, um, when I was 19, Who's a we Canadian. got married eight, within eight months. And those days you got married really fast because you couldn't look, no one lived together. <laughs> so these days I see it's like, they wait like five years. I go, Oh my goodness. We got, and you know, my mom was, was following the Catholic faith anyway. So we got married at 20 and we didn't, you know, we really, neither of us went to church, Catholic church. We just, we were with the Los Angeles Kings. My husband played pro hockey for the LA Kings. And that was a bit of a, they're all really good people, but we were in the middle of a party atmosphere and Jerry Buss was our owner. And there was a lot of, our, our owner was, was uh, uh, there's a big show on cable TV about him right now about the party. And it was a pretty party atmosphere um, when I first met my husband. So then at, uh, 25 that partying caught up with me Hmm. and i had two babies and um there was one morning that i had there was a christian lady um on the team one of the wives was a christian and uh there was two kathy's two christians there was one on the team and one that was uh, a big fan both kathy's 
said they were praying for me and i said yeah okay whatever you can pray for me i don't know why <laughs> um and then john macarthur was best friends with one of our the players on the team and john macarthur is grace community church out in uh, sun valley and he would say he was going to pray for me and one of the guys on the team was a christian i said okay you can pray for me i don't know. so one morning the uh kathy Francesca, and who was married to Jean Carr at the time, she called me and said, are you okay? And I said, no. And I was very, very uh, down. I was very, I couldn't take care of the kids. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I had been drinking the night before, like, uh, you know, a lot. And I knew there was something more to life, but I didn't know what it was. And she said, well, I'm praying for you. Could you come out and see me and talk to my pastor? And I said, right now, I will do anything because I, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I just couldn't get up off the floor because I was praying, like, God, help me if you're there. It, rem- it reminded me of what something that you, you had said. If you're out there, and I just kind of threw it out there. If you're there. And then I didn't really know if he was going to answer. <laughs> I didn't know who was going to answer. Um, and then she, she, I said, I will go. So I went and I met out at Agura Baptist Church in Agura, California, and I drove out there. I got a babysitter for the kids, the two boys, and I drove out there. And the pastor asked me some questions. And he said, well, I think you need to kind of get your life in order here. Do you know who Jesus is? And I said, yeah, he's the guy on the cross at church, you know, obviously. He died on the cross and there was a crucifix at church. And I said, and I know I, I've seen him in the Bible. Of course, I know who he is. He goes, no, I mean, if you asked him into your life is he yours your savior is he your do you know who he is and i said no i don't know even know how to do that mm. and let's pray i went okay i'm going to pray to jesus i don't i didn't know you could do that as a catholic you yeah. know yeah. pray to him so i said that prayer with them and i accepted christ into my life and i went okay i don't feel much different so i got into my car and i started driving home to the san fernando valley to encino from these beautiful mountains in agura hills all i remember it was like the clouds the clouds in my head and mind and heart and spirit everything just opened up it was like a light beam came down on me very like very warm a very warm light that was inside me and all of a sudden i literally everything felt brighter and i i said that's the God of my father. That's the God they're talking about in the Bible. That's Jesus. I, I, it all became real to me like that. And I don't, I don't know how, how, but it did. While you were driving? While I was driving. That's. And I pulled over, I pulled over at Taco Bell. And I remember my kids were at the babysitter and I went, I've got to call and tell John MacArthur, a Grace Community Church. I've got to call the Christian people. I got to call Kathy. I got to tell my children. I've got to tell everybody. I drove through Taco Bell and I said, "Hi, I I just invited Jesus into my life. I just have to tell somebody." <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> She's looking at me like, "Is this lady crazy?" That's so. That's so awesome that it happened in a vehicle because, as I as yeah. I had told you, it, it happened to me too. And what's so moving to your heart is that. your initial response to it is you want to share like right away you want to share 
and it's so genuine now. So this yeah. isn't this isn't on video for uh, you listeners, but I, I can see Yvonne right now, and I can see even reminiscing back to this state how it's making you uh, emotional. <laughs> yeah, it gets me emotional. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah, that's it's so, so powerful. powerful. And, th- and then you don't expect the reaction from some people when I called and told them. Some were like, "Oh, really?" And some were like, "That is amazing. We've been praying for you for years," and that's. What you're kind of you learn a, a lot a lot of years later obviously i'm that's like um over 40 years ago it doesn't matter what the response is it's that you had to share it it's that i had to share that amazing meeting with jesus christ and i went and i remember thinking to myself that's jesus like that's actually he's alive and that so whenever i hear that song he's alive He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. I always go, that's exactly how I felt that moment. And you want to share it. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too, is how you, you talked about these, these other um, friends of yours through the hockey team that said, well, you know, we're praying for you and your response to that. It's like, well, yeah, whatever you can pray for me. I love that response because <laughs> okay. you have at those moments, we have no idea the power in prayer. No idea. No idea how powerful. So, yeah, okay. Sure. So take us, take us through the first few days of that. Uh, anyways, like was your, was your husband, had your husband had an encounter like that or was this yours uh, no, and you shared it with him? No, How did that he, work? He, uh, he just, he supported me. He was a little, he was a little surprised as well because he didn't really know I was that, I was that, uh, desperate for peace, uh, for hope. He had never had a tragedy and they, I, I learned years later in counseling when I did go to counseling, it took me a few years to do that. I went right into Bible studies, but my husband had never had a childhood trauma. And the therapist that helped me through that childhood trauma uh, said when my father was killed at 15, that's that that is a extreme abandonment and separation of comfort and love and just stability in your life. So I did learn later that uh, that's quite common for me to have gone to an extreme because of the abandonment and the, the severe separation. But my husband never experienced that, but he was always a solid, um, like churchgoer as a kid and stuff. So he supported me. He supported me. It was, uh, we went to a new church at grace community and, um, and he, he was, he was really good with supporting me on that. But, um, I remember just going to church and these, I was in a little Bible study with all these white haired older ladies. And I, I, you know, I felt so weird. I was 25 and, and I was, you know, I didn't know anything about the Bible. So I actually brought my Bible today and I showed you from 1980 and I, and I wrote in a Kathy, uh, Francescan gave that to me and said, this is your first Bible. We went together and bought it. And you know what it's, you know what it's like. You just, it's a whole new, you feel like you were, and you're born again. You are actually born again. I never knew what that meant until you are actually born again. People go, what does that mean? I go, if you haven't experienced it, it's, it feels like that. And then that just went into lots more of the Bible studies. I mean, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I started studying the Bible and it was just, I started with John. First John, in the beginning was the word. Yeah. That was it. That's the God they're talking about. That, that's the God they're talking about in church. I never felt like I'd met him. And Jesus, the guy on the cross, I said to the pastor, I'm like so embarrassed. And he goes, yeah, that's him. 
and then um you know i started singing i wrote some christian songs um with a a producer named uh tommy uh tommy howard and um unfortunately this was really sad a few years ago i found out he was going up a hill with his beautiful wife dory and um, his heart just stopped and he was only 51 and he wrote for maranatha music um he was one of the one of the biggest christian composers producers in los angeles at that time and he helped me write a couple of these songs and that was uh that was really sad to hear that he had passed on, but he was a, maybe one of the strongest Christians I'd ever met in my life. And I know he knew where he was going instantly. Hmm. So um, would, would you, was this before your acting? Oh yeah, I was 25. So I was 25, but uh, remember in high school and uh we were first married i did i had always been in theater so i did a lot of theater um and i also um i was in miss los angeles beauty pageant and i they wrote a song for me because when you go on from miss los angeles going to miss california i was always in uh, singing in theater and in other productions and things like that so i did a lot of singing uh, to begin with and and theater so I did that, and then it, uh, then I started writing songs, more uh, original stuff, uh, when I became a Christian. Well, that's great. I didn't really, you know what, I, I, did, a, I, did, um, I did write a couple songs that Tom actually sang um, in a show. Um, and after, after a while, we started moving around, I took it to Bruce Allen in Vancouver. And I did a lot of shopping my tunes, um, even with Steve Tyrell and, and uh, uh, up at uh, Barry Mann, with Ty, it was called Tyrell Mann. Barry Mann wrote, You've Lost That Love and Feeling. These guys are like big hitters. That business is so dark that I got, I got really led away from it. It's very dark. It can take you down a rabbit hole real fast. If you're not deeply rooted in your faith, strong in your faith, um, moral structure, everything, you can go down a rabbit hole real fast. And I, I jumped out of it. And then I got more into the acting, which is not as, it's very seedy, but it's not as seedy in my opinion, as the music business can be. So I went in more into acting. So when we moved to Vancouver, Mike got, um, the job in Vancouver from the LA Kings. So that's when I got, and I did, a, I had a principal role in MacGyver and 21 jump street with Johnny Depp um, and a, a lot of shows and then moved on from there. So the music kind of, I stopped doing that original stuff because it was too dark a world. I didn't enjoy where it went. That's interesting. I, I would think mm-hmm. the music and the film industry would be the same, uh, similar uh, in that aspect. My experience. Yeah. No, it's it's worse than the music. So and and you know maybe uh, maybe God's will because whatever for your husband going to the Vancouver area and at that time because I remember that time too they filmed everything in BC. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stephen, uh, I think it was Stephen Cannell Productions, and he did. The, there was more work in Vancouver than there was in LA. Like there was for me, women that are in like their thirties and I got a lot of mother parts and then I played a lot of, well, mother parts are young mothers. And then, um, 
I was, like I said, I was in dinner theater in LA and MacGyver, <laughs> MacGyver, I did get a lot of the, this, I played a hooker. So in MacGyver, I was in one of their number one shows and she's a drug addicted hooker that rescues the young sex trade girl coming up. And I rescue her from the pimp that I'm with. I actually watched the clip last night. Did you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> and his name was Snake. And my my kids thought that was hilarious. They go, who is Snake? <laughs> and, and he was a wonderful, wonderful actor. Great guy. And um, I had so much fun filming that. We knew Richard Dean Anderson from L.A. So he said, "What do you, you? When are you going to finally do MacGyver?" And I said, "Well, finally." And I got, I got the part. But um, if you're structured and stable in your anything you do in life, whether it's I find in music, the music business, or acting, if you have a solid ground, so you're standing on the rock, uh, the solid ground. I think you're going to be okay. I just think when I wasn't really that strong, I felt like some of that stuff was not good for me in the music industry. Hmm, that's really interesting. But acting was better. Yeah. Acting was better. Yeah. And it brought you to Canada. Yeah. So, yeah. So praise God for that. So, and then that's what uh, brought you to Canada. Yep. Yep. The, um, the coaching, um, my husband had a, um, the beginning of a, a really successful coaching career. And, uh, we had four kids at that time and, uh, they're, their uh, moving to Canada, I've, I just found was a lot different than California. <laughs> Everything was very different, a very big, a big cultural shock for me. Um, but when you're raising kids, I didn't even I don't think I owned a pair of boots like I mean, besides <laughs> cowboy boots. So I had to learn how to dress like the, the great white for the great white north. And that <laughs> took me a while. <laughs> but your husband's originally from Canada, so he showed you all the ropes. Hey. He's from Toronto. He goes, you better go buy some boots with fur in them. <laughs> <laughs> and that was for BC. Little and did that, you know. British Columbia was rain. Yeah. I was like, rain. I had to go to Lane's. We lived there two years. I had to go and get a subscription for sunbeds because uh, it's very it's very cloudy every day. And it's a, it's a really weird place to live uh, when you're used to the... California has the most, I think, the most sunshine, um, sunshiny days, I think, in the world. Besides, I think it's San Diego's number one. There's a couple of that are number two. But so that was odd. But Toronto was like the apparel. You got to go get the, the stuff. It was fun. It was an adventure. Yeah. You know, did you when did you get your first lumberjack jacket? <laughs> I had to get that. Yeah, I got that in Toronto, and I tried to keep the sandals on. <laughs> you better get rid of the sandals with the. Yeah, it was. It's a whole different experience. Yeah. You know? Um, just jumping back to your your acting for for a bit there. Um, I mean, you you know, that's all about business when you're on set and filming and stuff like that. But did you did you meet other Christians through that? Did you have opportunities to share with people, or were you just sort of? Um, yeah, through, uh, yeah, a lot of times, you know, God will just lead you uh, to places where you're not planning on going. And you could you could be not wanting to talk to anybody on the set. And then out of nowhere, somebody will come in. Uh, one of the one of the girls interesting was on um, uh, 
21 Jump Street, she went on to do Beverly Hills 90210, but she had a really rough upbringing. She played my daughter on 20, daughter on 21 Jump Street. And uh, I don't want to mention her name, but um, she went on a pretty successful career after that. But she was one girl. I said, I'm going to pray for you. And we prayed together. And so you just, yeah. And you don't know where it goes from there, but you'd always take God's lead to just be open to that. Yes. You know what I mean? Just be open to, you don't feel like talking. That's fine. But if God wants you to talk to somebody, they'll start talking to you and you go, ah, yeah. now I want to, you know, I better be open to all the time. Yeah. That, that Amen. Opening. Amen. And that's what our whole ministry is about, is about encouraging and equipping Christians to recognize those moments that you obviously had in your heart, right? That God's going to just throw them in front of you at the least expected times and just be ready to serve him. Yes. And trust yeah. him with where it's going to go. Man, pro hockey, um, as well, just uh, so many wonderful people God put in my life to surround me and, and embrace me and support me in those beginning uh, those beginning years. As you know, they're they're fertile ground for whether you're either gonna it's gonna take hold or it's you're gonna go the opposite way again. You have to keep in Bible studies. I believe <clears throat> you have to keep in church um, around other believers that. I think is a secret sauce to staying, excuse me, <clears throat> staying connected to other believers. And that I was so young because I was only 25 and I really did need a, and uh, uh, like the producer, I was telling you about Tom Howard and his wife and, um, and Jerry Hauser was a Christian too, um, famous actor uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles. And he was a Christian and there was a lot of Christian um, people that surrounded me at that time which is great and then through hockey you meet other people that are believers um mark osborne and and uh his wife madeline um we're with the rangers of very strong christians madeline osborne smith she was a she was like a movie big movie star and married mark osborne so yeah it's uh really important to keep i can say this after 40 years being a believer that you are going to have ups and downs (laughs) And you're going to have times where you go, Satan's going to go, you, you people are going to talk about, like that you're a Christian. Do you remember, do you remember what you did back in? And you go, oh, I can't speak for the Lord. And the Lord's going, yes, you can, because that's who I died for. Yeah. You're the sinners. That's who I ate dinner with. And that's who Jesus walked with. It wasn't the perfect people, you know, that don't have it any uh sin in their background any mistakes it's for the people that really need to know they are forgiven restored uh you really need you really need to know that you you're not supposed to be perfect you know yeah yeah but you've just been freed because of christ right right that's so good so four kids and and i imagine as as the moving went from LA to, to Vancouver, to Toronto and, and that the hockey career started to escalate right for your husband. So did, Mm -hmm. did you then, and and your kids get older, it's more of your time commitment. Did that, did you uh, drift out of the acting then at that point? Um, um, not, not completely. Um, the, the music business. Yes. I, I left that behind. I would sing in church. I sang at Springvale and I sang at, 
Victory Baptist. I, I sang a few different places um, in along the way. Um, but uh, the acting I actually did do South and I did um, a couple of shows. I did uh, Madonna Innocence Loss in Toronto. So and that was when Mike was coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, that was a I played Madonna's stepmother and she hated her stepmother. It was a pretty fun movie to do. <laughs> That was fun. And I did Save the Children, suppress which, all your, Whitby, suppress, which is where my, sorry. Sorry, just, I was just going to say, like, you suppressed all your loving Christianity to play a woman that somebody hates. I'm telling you, it's, it, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, and then Tom, uh, my son-in-law is from Whitby and we did Save the Children and Brienne wasn't near going to college to meet Tom, my son-in-law, who is, um, just one of my favorite people in the whole world. And I prayed for my kids when they were born that they would meet someone <clears throat> that would be from him. And each one of my kids has married people that were designed to marry them. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So the acting I did, the Save the Children um, in uh, Whitby, I was trying to think of the name of the, um, the Walton, um, the actor from the Waltons, John Boy. I can't remember his name, but oh, he was yeah. the star of that. Oh, okay. So I did quite a few movies and uh, TV shows there. So but that's... then after that, I kind of drifted away. The kids were getting too busy. Then my sons got really good in hockey. And when they get really good in hockey, you don't really know if they are. Then your life gets super busy because they get scholarships and they were getting scholarships and playing some pro um, after that and stuff. So it got busy. It got busy when, when they were growing up. And so that was a big cultural change eventually to you too, right? Because in the foreword there in your in your book, Puck Mommies, you talk about how you didn't really growing up in LA really know too much about hockey. And then yeah. boom, yeah. Yeah. Now, now you're all about it. Hockey mom yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Hockey moms. And that's a, that's a whole, it was a whole different world uh, for me, but what a great, experience it was and the best people some of the best people i've ever met heather campbell and um ruth camilleri some of the best people i know and jill kitchen and uh, joanne vickers were all ex nhl player wives and uh or coaches wives it's been uh it's been very rewarding and enriching so when you put together this cookbook uh, mm-hmm. you, you were getting recipes too from uh, other people and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, how did, yeah. yeah. Can you take us through a little bit about I that? I just reached out. I just, I just, I said, you know, there's so many, I'm cooking for all these kids and their teammates. And so I really wanted, uh, to, uh, just, uh, further, further the recipes. I say, there's gotta be a lot more besides the ones that I know about. So I started reaching out to the moms and people, a lot of people that I just knew, and then other people like Bobby Orr, I just asked him, could I have, what was your favorite thing to eat when you were a kid? And he goes, oh, for sure. And he, and he, he said, I'm going to send it to you in honor and memory of my mother. And that mm. was really, really sweet. And, you know, stories like that with uh, Pat Quinn's mom. And uh, unfortunately, we lost uh, Pat Quinn a couple of years ago. But yeah, just reaching out to people and sharing those recipes. And there's a little bit of their story. Um, because being a, a pro hockey wife and and then a mother, but particularly a wife of a player and coach, um, it can be pretty lonely. You spend a lot of time alone and you are spend a lot of time parenting without them because they're on the road 100,000 miles a year 
Mike was on the road 100,000 miles a year with the Kings. And it was, uh, it can be lonely. So you need each other. So the hockey wives do get together a lot, do support one another. Uh, very important to do. And so I would start kind of embracing the younger girls on the team when Mike was captain and Mike was coach. I would start, uh, we started uh, in Toronto when Mike was head coach. Um, I started to have a heart dinner for the Covenant House to help the kids on the street which at that time wasn't nearly as significant amount of people on the street as, as today, but I saw them and uh, I reached out and started that dinner to raise money for them. And in Los Angeles, I started the um, AIDS was just rocking the world. Everyone was fearful. No one knew what, what to do about AIDS. They just knew these babies were all being born in Los Angeles to people that either were addicted to drugs or the parents had, the mother had AIDS. These babies were just abandoned. So I had all the wives go down to us. It was, I think it was us. It was a children's hospital, Los Angeles. And we would just hold the babies, but they made you wear like, uh, you know, the, the hazmat suit. We started, I started that with LA Kings to hold the AIDS babies. Finally, they said, you have to stop because we don't know how contagious this is. And that was like, Here's these babies nobody wants to hold, and they're just abandoned. So there's quite a few things that, you know, really it just moves you. It moves your spirit, and you feel like you have to do something. You can't fix everybody. So one thing you have to learn is not everything can be, you know, not everything can be fixed, but you can try as hard as you can to tell, ask the Lord to help you when he can use you. Might help just one person. Yeah. Right. You know, that being out just one person, it might be them. It might be their sister. It might be yeah. someone, but you know, yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. So the, uh, all the hockey wives and that, that you were hanging around, can you, can you reminisce or do you, can you share a story of somebody that might've come to you with a struggle or something or, or did it as those people said to you in the beginning, can I, I'm praying for you or I'm going to pray for you where there is, can you share a story of someone that you encountered in that circle where you said, I'm going to pray for you. And maybe they reacted the similar way. There was a, there's a, I wish I could remember. Um, I wish I could remember her husband's name. And that's why I'm not sure if I should, tell it because I, I should I should say his name he was a player but I don't really want to divulge a lot of that you can there you can. was he was playing pro for the Kings and his wife was a brand new beginning Christian and and there was an interesting situation with her with uh Satanism and the occult so I helped her through that but one of my one of my stories that's it's it's good and and it, I don't really know how to end it up because uh, unfortunately she kind of went back to her original ways. But when Mike was playing for the Kings, there was a playmate of the year, and um, I kind of embraced her, and she was um, she was in a in a kind of a lost way and I took her to church and that was lovely for me to take her alongside me and take her to church and uh pray with her but I don't know how it all ended up um because we lost touch with one another um but I was 
praying with her, praying for her. And uh, I just hope to this day that she remembers some of that, what we prayed for together, uh, that we were church together. But I really don't know because there was lost contact with her after that. Yeah. Well, the seeds that are planted are planted deep, right? And we just hope in God and we know that God never gives up and is patient and all that. So, Right, right, right. We can have exactly. We can have immense hope from that story. So, what's what's yeah. uh, going on in your life today? So, um, my husband is still um, senior vice president of the National Hockey League hockey operation. So he's a pretty busy guy. Um, still doing the games every night. So I I have a very rich life um, with my ten grandchildren and my kids and. Uh, Tom Lawson, my son-in-law, the firefighter uh, that uh, I know that you know very well. Uh, they were just out here and um, we go to Springville Baptist Church in Stouffville and we're there. Here we go to St. Andrews. Um, it's a Presbyterian church here in Redondo Beach. And um, with COVID, I found one of the hardest things with COVID. I'm sure I, I'm not going to speak for other people, but I really missed um, going to church. The Zoom was okay, but I really missed going to church and hearing that music. The first time you got to go back into the sanctuary, I was like, I was overwhelmed with emotion with all hearing the music all around you, like physically, right? Um, so we go from between Toronto and Los Angeles, where we still, you know, we base out of Los Angeles, but uh, we spend most of our time um, in Toronto, but we don't have to count our days because we're American and Canadian, but it works out really good where I can spend time with my sisters. My brother just had cancer treatment. And uh, so when I come out here, I can see my brother here in California and he's doing well. But um, so we really, you know, we really just have a a full life with the kids and grandkids and um, I'm riding my electric bike in the bike path and (laughs) we're having a lot of fun. That's awesome. Are you still involved with, uh, some of the hockey wives that you've spoken to before? Have you made some lasting uh, friendships with them? Are you still involved? Yeah, still a lot. A lot. Like, um, like we keep in touch, you know, and I talk to Pat Quinn's, um, uh, Pat Quinn's wife regularly, um, Sandra and, and, uh, Heather Campbell and I are very good friends and, um, she's a very strong Christian and her and I talk about God all the time. And it doesn't matter whether you're Catholic or you're Protestant, that connection is there. Uh, Jesus Christ is the main root and what you're grounded in. And, uh, there's a lot of ladies that I still keep in touch with. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. I, I know you've been busy because we've been talking over the last couple of weeks. You've had lots of family come by and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. what, it, can you share a story of the last um, encounter you've had with somebody, some random thing that God threw in front of you in the last while since you've been back down in L.A.? Um, I was on the uh, pretty uh, amazing story. It was a lady who was flying from uh, New Brunswick. Uh, I was on the plane next to her uh well she there was an aisle and she was across the aisle and uh, she had nothing to do with hockey but she was canadian and and i looked at her shoes i said those are some really nice shoes and she started laughing she goes well thank you very much and and for some reason i wanted i just wanted to reach out to her and i didn't i don't normally talk to people on the plane because it's a long it's a five-hour trip and uh, her name was kelly wilson and it's the last podcast I did, but Kelly was across. I mean, she was going 
flying from New Brunswick. I hope I get that right, New Brunswick. And uh, I hope I got the place right that she's from. I think it's New Brunswick. And uh, she said, well, I'm going to, I said, well, what are you doing? How, you know, what's going on with you? And uh, were you staying in LA or what? And I just, I'm not normally reaching out to people like that. And she said, I'm going down for cancer treatment. I have um, very serious cancer in my legs. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, geez. And so we started talking and, uh, um, and I invited her to the house while she was having her treatment because she was all by herself. And that was a, that was a really special time. And then she ended up finding a, they found not a cure, but they found a way to extend the life of people that get this uh, sarcoma or whatever it's called. And, um, She's doing good. But when I reached out to her, I didn't even want to really talk to her. But she goes, I don't know why she calls me like an angel. She goes, I didn't know why you were talking to me on the plane. But I said, I'm a Christian. And I don't know why, but I think we just need to talk about God together. And um, she said, well, I really needed that. And so we talked about God on the podcast. She goes, out of nowhere, you came. And it was like you swooped in and someone just kind of gave me hope. And I said, that's what happened to me. And so you pass that on, pass that hope on without hope. You really don't have much. Yeah. That's a predestined encounter. Yeah. And And I was just on her podcast. It's Kelly Wilson. That's great. You know, um, I love airplanes. So when we travel, uh, as a ministry team, we purposely don't sit together because we want to talk to people. You want to talk to people. And <laughs> yeah. you know what? Sometimes I do. And I know when God's leading me to talk to someone. And sometimes I go, I just want to just close my eyes. And, I, and then God will go, just tapping you. Talk to that guy. Yeah. And I go, or they start talking to you. And, you, and I go, praise the Lord. Okay. Now I'm ready to talk. Yeah. And you, you know, just have to be open. You just have to be open and just trust in the Holy Spirit, right? Because I've never had and a bad you, experience on the plane. You know, you right, just common right. common sense and yes, just yes. you know all that and 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 the Holy Spirit and and people are open and yes, yes. And sometimes you don't even have to be going after it. It will God will bring them to you if that is what He wants you to do. Yeah. So you don't have to stress about it like, oh, I didn't talk to anyone. That's okay. It might not have might not have been anyone there he wanted you to reach out to at this time. Yeah. You know? Well, Yvonne, uh, I have one more question for you, but I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to come on our show today and share your stories. You're so welcome. Um, to, just to share about the tragedy that you experienced as a child. Um, that must have been so hard for your whole family, but just, and, and then sharing about how, you know, how you encountered God in that. Um, yes. And just the stories of really what our ministry, you know, is wanting to do of, of encouraging Christians. And you just brought that up, just your instinct of, of seizing those opportunities where God wants you to share. So appreciate that. You're welcome. And I want to say one thing about fathers and daughters that, um, when you lose your father as a young child, a, a girl, you are always looking for father. And when that day, when I asked Jesus into my heart through that wonderful pastor, uh, Brad Chapman out in Nagura Baptist, that was God, the father that I was looking, I was missing my father who wasn't there for me physically, but God was like always there 
always watching over me. I had no idea. So when young girls grow up to be older and they're still looking for father, that's it's God Almighty that is the, your father, and he will take the place of the father you lost. And I shared that with Joanne Vickers, Steve Vickers' wife, who played with the New York Rangers with my husband, and she lost her father, too, uh, older than me. But we got to share together walking, and we prayed together in the same Bible study. And I shared that with her, and she said, I was always looking for that love of that faith, that faith in, that, in my father. So girls are always looking for their dad if they lose them young. But God can be there for you. He can replace that stability and that comfort and and be the God of your father. And he's still your father, but it's God, not dad. Yeah. That's awesome. That almost answered my last question. That almost answered my last question, really. Oh, good. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, my last question was... uh, well, first of all, um, you're on you're on Facebook, right, Yvonne mm-hmm. Murphy? Are you still doing things that people can follow you? I have a, I have a separate page that's public. Um, I don't want my grandkids or anybody uh, seen on my private page. Yeah. But I have Puck Mommies on Facebook and Instagram, and people can uh, see me there, message me or whatever. Um, of uh, their professional hockey uh, wives, children, or someone that has lost their father and they want to talk to someone who has been through that dark road where I went through anxiety and a lot of things that panic attacks at 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, before I became a Christian, they, they can reach out to me there if they want to ask me more. Okay. God rescued me and that was the answer. Yeah, and I will tag you. I, I will tag Puck Mommies on the Facebook on our social media posts. That'd be great. Yeah, and we are uh, at the Toddcast underscore DAC on Instagram. And uh, friends, don't forget everydisciplesent.ca to be encouraged and equipped on how you can share the gospel the same way as Yvonne has shared many stories with her. Um, Yvonne, just my last question. Um. If you could talk to a mom right right now who is in her early 20s and who was going through what you were going through at the time when you were struggling, um, mm-hmm. what, what, would you, what would you say to her in regards to the Lord that you could sum up real quick for her? Um, no matter what, when you feel like you're out of um, fuel, I say it's like a car that runs out of fuel, and I had... I had three babies in two and a half years. I had four children in five years, and I was out of fuel a lot of times, and especially after those first two 11 months apart babies. You can always be refueled and regenerated and get on your knees and ask God to come into your life. Don't just say, if you're out there somewhere, he is out there. And don't don't ask him. If you want to cry out, you cry out, but he already is there. Just be be assured of that. Those babies, he will watch over you and the babies, not just you, but the babies too. He will find a way to uh, keep you safe, keep you protected. But you need that extra energy. You need to teach them about God. You need to share your faith with them because all four of my kids have uh, remembered those prayers, remembered those things that we prayed together. And uh, they're all grown up to be wonderful, God-fearing people and married wonderful, wonderful people, too. So I think it's good to remember, turn to, turn to God no matter what 
that circumstances and reach out when people say they're going to pray for you say can we pray together right now because that's what i should have done and i just said sure go ahead and pray for me because i didn't know pray with them right then awesome thank you so much yvonne todd so nice to meet you yeah you too thanks for sharing you're welcome People prayed for Yvonne in a time where she had a career, she had a family, she had a husband with a career, and yet there was still some some emptiness and something missing. Is there something missing in your life right now? Like Yvonne said, he's there. He's there waiting for you. to fill you up with that feeling of a true father. We just pray that you will call out to him because he's searching for you. And he wants all his kids back. Thanks for listening and please reach out to him.